the Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast featuring the Crop Doctors. Hey folks, good morning. Jason Bond behind the mic in the Crop Doctors Podcast studio from Stoneville. Tom's here with me. We also have Brendan Zerweller came to visit today and we invite him to sit down and, and visit with us about peanuts for a few minutes this morning. So, Brendan, we appreciate you taking yeah. time out of your day. Thanks for having me. Good to see you, as always, since, you know, we've had the conversation with folks. It's not like we had winter meetings. We haven't seen some of these folks in a while. I would assume the last time I saw Brendan, we were probably doing a podcast on the 2020 crop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I haven't seen him since he was probably over here harvesting in the fall. So, our apologies. No, it's just the, the way it's worked out here. Yeah, there's a, just a gap <laughs> of time, right? There's, there's this big chunk of time that just doesn't exist. Six months just disappeared. <laughs> Poof. <laughs> you know, we talked about that last year. In June last year, February seemed like five years before. I mean, that gap of time just drug on forever. And, you know, and it was weird. The planting was weird because it was wet and – Everything got delayed a little bit. You know, most of April was, was on hold, at least the first part of April. But it just seemed like that middle part of 2020 lasted forever. Lots of indecision. <laughs> so, Brendan, I was thinking about this this morning. 2021, is this your third crop? Yeah, this is my yeah, third crop in Mississippi, yeah. Okay, I, yeah. I was accurate with that. Man, it doesn't seem, doesn't seem like that long. No, it doesn't. It's 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 flown by. I guess I finally feel like I somewhat getting my feet on the well, ground that's here. That's what I was going to ask. You feel like everything is settled in. You know, yeah. which direction stuff comes from now. Oh yeah, yep, definitely. And you know, there's always like for me, I I worked in peanut before I came here, but it was just a big environmental change going from north central Florida, basically the furthest south peanuts are produced in the United States to here. So. There's a little learning curve, just kind of, you know, figuring out the best way to kind of grow the crop here. Just small, small changes, things like, you know, changing up seeding rates, seeding depths, and that kind of thing. You know, our, just kind of those interactions with environments that our peanut geographies are not exactly close Con- in proximity. Yeah. Contiguous. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Definitely, because you know, you go down around Loosedale area, that's coastal plain environment, more that you kind of typically think of peanut and then you know you come over here to the delta or northeast mississippi there and it's just you know totally different for sure so we've talked to trent we've talked to brian we've talked to eric and then tom and jeff and i did our best to do a rice podcast and just kind of introducing the the year for 2021 and then a you know slight recap of 2020 and again we've said this on all those episodes mainly because we didn't do or weren't able to do any meetings this winter so where folks ordinarily get their information we weren't able to provide that to them so we've tried to do that somewhat on these episodes and then now being april we're right on the on the cusp of peanut planting too so we can definitely get into that as well but before we start brendan what is your favorite kid cereal favorite kid cereal yeah probably like captain crunch captain crunch yeah i was going with peanut butter crunch Captain uh, Crunch. uh-oh tom it, it doesn't have to fit your whatever this 
eating system that you're on. No, I, I was just going to say, your let's favorite just, kids cereal, Sands Nutrition. Uh, okay, Sands Nutrition. Yeah, no well, nutrition. I'd have to go with full on Lucky Charms. The marshmallow charms are just stellar. Solid choice. Good, sweet, excellent with milk. Peanut butter crunch, though, man. Oof. I don't know that I've had that opportunity to try that. Back in the day, there was Captain Crunch, there was peanut butter crunch, and there was Crunch Berries. I don't know if they had a fourth one or not. That's the three that I remember. Someone will correct us if they did. Like we corrected you on the Mid-South Wrestling? Certainly. <laughs> I've already gotten at least one text about that. YouTube, man, I'm telling you, YouTube <laughs> will provide you with all the information you need to get up to speed. All right, Brendan, give us just a brief overview of the 2020 crop, you know, acres, yield, that type of thing, and then we'll swing around to 2021 and talk about plans for this year. Yeah, 2020 was uh, – we ended up with a little under – 23,000 acres in Mississippi of peanuts and uh, that was up from about 19,000 from 2018 so acres were up a little bit actually yield wise it was a really good year uh, our average yield was around 4,400 pounds per acre which is I think one of the highest if not the highest average yields for Mississippi peanuts so it was it was pretty good you know not a not a ton of a uh, whole lot of issues there was you know, across the industry, there was a lot of seed quality issues, you know, especially in the South Georgia, Panhandle, Florida, South Alabama. But we fared uh, fairly well here. We probably didn't have quite as many issues as they did. You know, we have a, obviously a lot less acres than them. Where is the, I guess, is seed peanut? Is that the right terminology? Yeah, yeah, yeah. seed Where peanut. Where are those produced? Well, that's, well, that was part of the, uh, the issue. So those predominantly a lot of the acreage is produced in the down in the peanut belt so the south georgia area and in 2018 they had a bad drought and so that affected the seed quality coming into the 2019 so that was the underlying issue for some of the seed quality issues that happened in 2019 you know like i said we fared pretty well here in mississippi i didn't i didn't see just a few calls on you know stand issues coming into uh, during 2020 and so what are what are most of those seed quality issues when we consider that or discuss that from a peanut standpoint? That those are mostly pathogenic organisms that relate to yeah, stand yeah, issues. Yeah, seed seed borne organi- organisms, so like Aspergillus uh, flavus, Niger, and then just ba- bad germination too. Yeah. I guess flavus is a little harder to detect because usually it'll attack the seed in the ground and it will never emerge where Typically on Aspergillus uh, Niger, I guess you'll have Aspergillus crown rot, so it'll merge, and then you'll get seedling death. So that that was kind of a little trickier one to to figure out because you don't really see that above ground symptomology. You have to dig the seed up and actually see see the pathogen. And that would be one major difference between the rest of our row crops in this state is seed production. Then would be in an area where it would be pretty humid. Yeah. And those organisms would be pretty typical in addition to the fact that you have seed quality issues associated with peanut, whereas the bulk of the issues in our other row crops in Mississippi tend to be related to soil-borne issues. And that's not to say that you don't have soil-borne issues in peanut. You do. You lost me at Flavus. Yeah, did I get a little too uh, technical there? 
But it's nice to have somebody well, else in here talk about some of the actual <laughs> fungal organisms that cause problems. No, you absolutely well, did, you absolutely did get too too technical. You got too technical for me, which doesn't you don't have to go very far to get too technical for me. The easy way is it, it, Aspergillus flavus is green and Niger's black, right? That, that's for the exactly most part. Right. Yeah, that's the, the easy way to tell it. I can use that. Well, in either way, you got to dig that thing out of there to look to see what it looks like below yeah. the soil profile in most instances, unless you get the crown rot because then you get nice tufts of really dark colored aspergillus growing around the base of the plant. But I feel like one thing that, you know, a lot of times we talk about like seedborne diseases and germination, but you know, one thing that doesn't get talked about as much is probably just vigor of the plant. So they may, you may have a good germ, but if the vigor is slow, it's just more time to come out of the ground and, and potential problems. And then you run into some of those, you know, interactions where you may have reduced vigor. And then if you're planted maybe a little too deep, then it kind of just compounds the issue, not getting a great, a great stand. Well, and if you plant into a marginal soil temperature, yep. you're going to end up with a really a potentially catastrophic situation. Yeah, when seed quality's iffy, it's probably even more important to you know really have good you know management practices. That planting becomes even more important because you just don't have a lot of room to work with there. You mentioned a drought in 2018 influencing the seed quality in 2019. And then into 20. So the projection for 2021, so go back to 2019 yeah. and 20, where we, we feel like we're clear. There. Oh, yeah, yeah. We should be a lot lot better off this year than, than what we were going in the last year. Okay, so, good. Yeah. I know weather during the fall is always a concern for peanuts. So we had some weather, and then we dodged some weather. So in 2020, how did the harvest season progress for peanuts? It went fairly well. I would say it was 2020 was better than 2019. And despite having, what do we have, like five tropical storms come through, at least uh-huh. you'd think it would have been worse with that many coming through. But at least we would, you know, after each storm, we would get, seem like, you know, 10 days or so of clear weather before the next one. So we got some breaks in between them where 19, you know, it, it just started raining about mid-October and, you know, just basically never stopped. It was better. Uh, I guess one thing that we did get pretty cool last September, and that that slowed down maturation a little bit. So we we were a little probably slower than average as far as the weather. It worked out pretty good as far as you know being able to harvest later in October. You know, finishing up around you know November could have been worse. That's for sure. What's your Gut feeling on acreage projection for 2021? I'm thinking we'll probably, we'll be close to the same. We may be down a little bit is what I'm, what I'm thinking. You know, it's hard to say, but it seemed like a lot of the peanut growers last year kind of favored their rotations towards peanut, especially the guys doing peanut and cotton with the prices. So this year with, you know, other commodities, you know, all being priced well. It, it's a good year to kind of get back on rotation. That may drop us down a little bit, but I don't see any drastic swings. So what were the acres in 2020? Just to give it 20, 23,000, a little under that, yeah. And that's been decently consistent, hadn't like 20 to 25? Yeah, yeah. That's usually about where we're ranging, 20, 25,000. Tell folks where in the state 
the peanut crop is located because we kind of mentioned that earlier that they're not in proximity to one another so describe that to the folks that that aren't familiar with peanut yeah so we're spread out really a lot we just don't have a lot of acre i guess well we do have some high density areas but i i want to say i looked at one time maybe maybe a little less than half the counties in mississippi's have at least you know one peanut farm but i mean we range our highest density probably about half the acreage would be you know, southeast part of the state. So looking around Hattiesburg and, and south, and then acres in the northeast part of the state. So Monroe County, that's another big area uh, where we have a buying point up there. And then, you know, scattered out a lot throughout the, you know, hills, even kind of on the edge of the hills in the Delta. And then I think probably we got a few counties in the Delta where there's still some peanuts, but quite down a lot since, uh, what would that have been about four or five years ago? There's a lot more acres in the Delta. Approximately. I can't remember exactly. I think whenever, I'd be lying if I see it. Whenever they built that buying point in Clarksdale, there were a tremendous number of acres in pretty close general vicinity to that buying point. And I don't I don't remember what our acres were that year, but they were up substantial compared to that twenty three thousand number from twenty twenty. Yeah, I think at the highest it may have been See, I came here in 2018, so that would probably would have been around 2015, 16. April, whatever today is, mid, mid-April. mid It's the fif- 15th, 15th, right? Yeah, I had a it birthday yesterday, so that's okay. easy to remember. Yeah. And, yeah. and tax day. Tom, did you do your taxes? Taxes aren't due until May the 17th, 2021. They extended the date. Oh. Did you not get that memo? I don't watch the news. It's online. I don't look at news online either. I had to double check because I have my I'm about eighty nine percent done on my taxes. Okay. Just have a little bit left to enter. I could fast and furiously enter that tonight if I needed to and get it on there. It's a good thing you're not eighty eight and a half percent done. At least it's eighty nine percent. Right. That's the tipping point. Back to peanut <laughs> off of Tom's <laughs> income tax. We'll circle back to peanut. Yeah, do that. You got time on the taxes though. You got time. <laughs> <laughs> don't have, we don't have time on the peanut. You know, we'll just assume that our field prep is completed or mostly completed, burned down, is yeah, out. Yeah. I think we've had a – we've mentioned that on here a couple of times. I think burn down has been pretty successful this year, you know, across crops. Moving into planting, give us some ideas about varieties and then moving planters to the field. We're mostly planted with Georgia 06G. There's probably maybe 5% of other varieties. And, you know, we've we've done quite a bit of, you know, variety evaluation in the last few years. And some, some kind of newer varieties that are looking good uh, is Flow Run 331 and Georgia 16HO. Uh, those are performed really well on our trials. And so we're going to, we're going to continue to look at those and some of the other newer varieties, Georgia 18 RU is another one, and that's a, a normal oleic uh, where 16 HO and 331, those are high oleics. Tell so me what that means. It's the oil chemistry, so it's the ratio of oleic and linoleic acid. High oleic acid, a greater proportion is, is favorable for the manufacturers because you get a longer shelf life, and uh, you also can kind of market it a little better for kind of heart healthy and that things but and those usually contract for a little bit more there's a premium on them per ton uh probably like 25 dollars or so per ton extra for a high oleic uh 
and that so and they're they're yielding those two new ones, sixteen HO and three three one, or I say newer. They've been out a few years. Uh, have yielded really competitively with Georgia O six G, which is the the industry standard right now. It's probably on eighty five the probably eighty five percent of the acres at least in the United States, and been that way for uh, quite a while. Yeah, so those are some varieties, and then uh, we're we're getting pretty close to starting to drop seed in the ground. You know, we got a little cool spell here, but, you know, we'll see what happens middle of next week, what, what the last week in April looks like. That's usually when we start entering the peanut planting window late April, early May is is kind of the ideal time. I'd say the optimum window is probably, you know, about mid-May there. What's your soil temperature target? I like to target around 68 degrees. It just depends on what the weather's looking like. If we're at hovering around like 66 and, you know, we got a good seven, you know, seven, 10 day forecast clear with a warming trend. I mean, that's a good time to, you know, start planting. You just don't want to be like we are now where we're warm. We're about 68 degrees right now. And then we're going to have a week, week of cold weather. So about that 68 degrees mark uh, with a warming trend. And that I usually use the soil temp to gauge, you know, seeding rates as well. So if we're going early, you know, below 70 degrees, uh, you probably want a higher seeding rate somewhere, you know, in the seven, you know, seven and a half uh, seeds per foot range. So that'd be that seven seeds on 38s would be, we said 96,000 seeds. Wow, I wouldn't have thought that the seed per foot would have been that much, just given the, the way the plant grows and then the size of yeah. the seed, too. I would have thought it would have been closer to cotton. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty high. I mean, not as high as soybean, but yeah. but yeah, as as vigorous as the the plant is, uh, you'd think it'd be lower. But two yeah. things that you mentioned when you were recapping the 2020 crop, it was related to the seed quality. You mentioned the the fungal diseases, and then you mentioned seeding depth. One, what's a good seeding depth for peanut? And then two, I guess you and Tom both talk about seed treatments and how those are utilized in peanut i think it depends on what what soil type you're planting on but usually i target that one and a half to two inch range i wouldn't go any shallower than one and a half inches i'd say if you're more on a loam kind of heavier peanut ground probably one one and a half to 1.75 inches is a good range you know assuming you got you know good moisture which usually we do and then if you're on some, you know, more kind of coarse sands, really sandy ground, you know, one one point seven five to two inches is uh, a good place to be. And yeah, I mentioned usually when I see stand issues, it's two inches or greater is, you know, the the planting depth. So it definitely uh, can have a big impact on your overall stand for sure. My philosophy is, you know, as shallow as you can go. I mean, it's just going to get the seed out of the ground. Uh, faster and avoid potential issues that occur. Um, Pardon my ignorance on this, but in Mississippi, do we grow peanuts on a stale bed, or are we dragging a bed off like we do for cotton? Dragging it off, yeah. Okay. And we're we're mostly f- most of our peanut acres are flat as well um, versus raised beds. Tom, you want to touch on the seed treatments? I think Brandon should touch on those because, honestly, in my area of expertise, I know a decent amount, probably enough to be really dangerous on some of the seed treatment products. But, Brandon, 
the bulk of the peanut that people are buying for planting would come from the actual point of origin treated already. Isn't that right? Yeah, that, that's correct. In the past, we've mostly been treated with Dynasty PD, and then there's been a, a big push in the last year to switch from Dynasty PD to Rancona VPD. And the reasoning for that is Rancona VPD has better efficacy on Aspergillus flavus, as well as uh, resistance concerns uh, from Dynasty PD. So that that's definitely something to keep in mind when you're buying seed, whether it's treated with Dynasty PD and Rancona VPD, because there's probably still going to be some, some seed hanging around that's treated with uh, Dynasty PD. Well, and you would end up, as we alluded to earlier, both soil-borne as well as seed-borne issues. But then that's not really the only thing to cover from the seed treatment standpoint. The other one that's really important would be adding an inoculant, and that's something I know in the past, in the last few years, that that has been a pretty hot topic to discuss, well, mostly when your predecessor was here uh, not too many years ago. But do you want to run us through thoughts on that, You know how important that is to include an inoculant? I recommend including inoculant, a liquid inoculant, and furrow every year. You know, just as a safety safety margin. Uh, just because if you if you get a failed inoculation, I mean, it's you're going to greatly reduce your yield potential. And then if you start talking about supplementing nitrogen, you're going to increase the cost. So I mean, it's just a you know a good practice to have liquid inoculum and furrow every year. And also, one thing to talk about seed treatments is ours. None of our seed treatments are treated with insecticide. So we're putting liquid insecticide or dry, mostly liquid nowadays, uh, in furrow. So uh, metacloprid is what's predominantly used. And they're doing that as a tank mix, inoculant and metacloprid. And then something in addition, more likely abound as a fungicide to get azoxystrobin out there, I would assume, for rhizoctonia control. Yep. And yeah. any other soil-borne issues that that fungicide would take care of. So we got a lot of things going in the tank uh, when planting peanuts. Okay, so one last question because we've talked about the, the tank mix strategy there for peanut planting with imidacloprid and inoculant and abound. Are there any compatibility issues with any of those liquid inoculants in peanut production systems like there could be in something like soybean and dealing with soybean inoculants? Not with those three that I've that I've seen. I saw something on Twitter about Enfero fertilizers going in, in uh, the tank mix as well. So that's been that's been kind of an issue. I know they've been dealing with down in, in Georgia as far as putting uh, Enfero fertilizer in the tank mix as well, and they're having that's increasing stand issues there so out of void yeah yeah well it was a legitimate source on on twitter i I think tom's statement (laughs) is if it's been retweeted three times it's true no matter what it says sky sky could be green i haven't seen any issues within furrow fertilizer in mississippi but i know in other parts of the country it's been uh there's been some issues there so uh just something to keep in mind as we kind of wrap up uh, any additional early season issues that you really see right now, like before we start planting peanut? The biggest thing right now is, uh, you know, just do the things to get a good stand. So, you know, really pay attention to the seeding rate, seeding depths, and, and soil temperatures. I think those are the three three main things uh, that will, uh, you know, help get a good stand. And then, uh, you know, we'll tr- transition there into weed management and 
and disease management. As always, we'd like to thank our regular listeners. We really appreciate the continued comments and the definitely some positive comments the last few weeks. And this is certainly something we enjoy doing and, and something we're going to continue throughout the season. Brendan, great to see you, man. Yeah, th- thanks for having me on. I always learn something. I'm under no delusion that I know anything about peanuts. I either talk to you or I talk to my buddy Daniel Stevenson. He grew up farming peanuts, so y'all are my two sources for peanuts, and I always learn something when you're here, so I appreciate it. The Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast is a production of Mississippi State University Extension.